Hi everyone, uh, this is Nikhil Torsakar coming to you from Chicago uh, with the Shelley story. Um, I today we have uh, Julie Taparia. It's a very exciting guest. Uh, it's a little, it's something a little bit different. Um, as you know, sometimes we talk about a lot of different ways of managing uh, mental health, and um, mindfulness and meditation are really key in my practice, and it's something I found very. Uh, valuable in addition to other conventional therapies. Um, but we're, what we're going to talk about today is uh, Vedic astrology and um, a lot of how that can inform our insights and the way we interact with the world and the way we process um, a lot of the, I would say in quotes, interesting times that we live in. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to talk to Julie, uh, get her insights uh, about uh, the world and uh, learn a little bit more about her background because it's very unique. So um, with that, I will tell you a little bit more about Julie's story and just um, she can weigh in as well. Um, so Julie Taparia has studied uh, Vedic astrology extensively for 13 years um, and under the guidance of uh, Sanjay Rutt's six-year Prasara Jyotisa course. Uh, her astrology passion has allowed her to work closely with Anita Dongre, a top fashion house in New York City the United Nations, and she's collaborated with Bravo TV personalities on astrology fashion wear and astrology podcasts. Uh, she recently taught her first batch of students Vedic astrology in 2020. And she writes for a South Asian magazine on current astrological transits and trends. She currently works full-time in healthcare strategy and operations and holds a master's of public policy degree uh, from the University of Chicago and a bachelor's uh, from the University of Illinois, uh, Urbana-Champaign. Um, she's on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll share some of that in a little bit. Um, so Julie, it's uh, it's great to have you, uh, have you on the Shelley story, and thanks so much uh, for joining us. Oh, no, thanks for having me. I mean, what a pleasure to talk to you and talk openly about Vedic astrology when it's, you know, a topic that is kind of underground and hidden and only the auntie scene talks about it. So <laughs> it's definitely nice yeah. to talk about this generation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I wanted to, uh, as, as you and I were talking, I, I it's just before before we got on, um, I find your background very interesting. And it's in it's um, it's interesting, a lot of the overlaps that you and I have, because yeah. uh, as with you, I have a big four background. I won't name the company yeah. I work for. Um, and I also went to uh, the University of Chicago, albeit in a uh, in a different school. Yeah. Uh, and similar to you, I think recently, sort of as uh, as I go along in my journey, I've gotten a lot more into uh, Eastern philosophies and spirituality, uh, just to navigate, uh, as I mentioned, some of the interesting uh, times we live in. Uh, oh, yeah. So, could you tell us a little bit more about your background? Because, as I mentioned, um, I found it extremely fascinating to go from, I guess, mm -hmm. what you could call a typical or traditional uh, Indian oh, yeah. career path of, you know, going to a, yeah. a top school and then, you know, doing consulting and then um, sort of embracing this. And I don't know if it, it, it sounds like it was not like a light switch that went off and you switched into this and changed your identity completely, uh, but it's something that you adopted more in your practice. So um, maybe yeah. you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, again, it all starts from, you know, your childhood, your upbringing and, you know, us just being Indian, we have access mm -hmm. to this type of stuff. And so yeah. any one of yeah. us can dig into this whenever we want. And, you know, I, I guess my family's always been into, you know, going to Chin Man Mission, going to Temple. And I have, um, by chance, a very famous Indian astrologer uncle who lives in Bombay. Mm -hmm. And um, he kind of 
would teach me basics, fundamentals when I'd go there because I'd always ask questions like, how do you know that? Why are you telling me to do this random mantra? Why do you think my marriage will be late? Or why is this person, you know, having a really big career? And why, why is my career taking off later? Like just different aspects of life and people have different sure. timings. So, you know, as a consultant, you ask a lot of questions, you break down problems, you know, going to University of Chicago, as you know, Nikhil, you're always trying to problem solve and the problem, you know, um, the problem sets that we had, you're always trying to find right. an answer. So, you know, Vedic astrology is like a puzzle. And I feel like you're always trying to put everything together to make sense out of how your life turned out and what is coming up in the future. And it's not 100% accurate because we're not God, but it definitely can give you a high probability of when things will happen, if it's a good thing mm -hmm. or a not so good thing and what to be prepared for, like if it's a health issue or, you know, will you win, win the lottery? Like, you know, all sorts of different things like that. Like at least right. like an insurance policy to know kind of what's coming up in the next in the next 10 years of your life. So you can kind of prep for it and plan for it. So, you know, if you think of it as, you know, us just loving math, you know, us being Indian, it's kind of like geometry. There's a lot of angles to mm. astrology. There's a lot of, um, permutations and combinations to Vedic astrology. So it's a right. it's pretty vast topic, but in the, the fundamentals are pretty much stuff that we all already know. So it, it's, it, it's not as hard as people think it is, but um, I just started digging through, um, you know, through my uncle first, and then I started buying a bunch of books in the rare bookstores of India. I'd go through um, charts and kind of analyze and, it myself. And maybe if you can tell us a little bit more about the timeline, um, is it something that you, is it something that you were exposed to as a kid and then just um, I mean that because I'm, I'm asking because like for instance you know I'm, I've become a big uh, big fan of Deepak Chopra mm -hmm. recently and it's interesting because I was exposed to it uh, in the early 90s you know I was like 16 and I'd be sitting in the, uh, the minivan yeah. and <laughs> my parents would have those big old uh, bo plastic boxes of Deepak <laughs> Chopra cassettes <laughs> um, yeah. and it didn't make any sense to me at no, the time. I just thought yeah. it was a bunch of, you know, some guy with an accent talking. But now I, it's something yeah, I'm very um, it's it's one of those things where it's like something you get exposed to as a kid that later in life um, you adopt more firmly. But can you talk a little bit more about the timeline, like um, how, you know, you know, how exposure kind of turned into um, yeah. In, exposure was, exposure yeah. probably is in every Indian family, like some your mom or your sure. dad or some uncle would look at your birth chart and say, oh, this is a good time to get married or this is a good time to like, you know, mm -hmm. get a good career, a good job. But I think it was right. always there and our family had that astrologer. And so it always was something I'd always kind of, you know, dive into. But at, in my mid 20s, um, I spent some time in India, you know, just volunteering. And that's when I started kind of digging and asking questions with my uncle who lived Mm -hmm. um, in the same building as I, I did. So I would just go in and talk to him. He would have a lot of clients come in and the clients would just, you know, you know, tell him stuff. He'd go in the room, talk to them and they'll come back and they would feel better. So it was quite interesting to me. And, uh, so, you know, and he did say like, you'll have a late marriage, you know, um, and I, I was determined not to have a late marriage and I did have a late marriage. And so mm -hmm. I think timing is somewhat out of control. Some of your karmas are so, somewhat out of control. And it started getting me very, um, you know, very interested in this whole philosophy. Like, how can you not control parts of your life? And um, sure. when I moved to New York, 
Um, you know, I think the whole thing with integrating, med you know, meditation, like, you know, the, the school of Chinmaya mission, like all the Hindu philosophy, it's all, it's all part mm -hmm. of Vedic astrology. So Could you, you mentioned Chinmaya mission. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, um, yeah. and just to sort of set the stage here, I know almost nothing about Vedic astrology. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing, mm -hmm. is it Vedic oh, or yeah. Vedic? Or Vedic, Vedic? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah um it's something i know very little about um so i you know a lot of this terminology would be it would be helpful like if you oh, can just course. tell us a little bit more about like what uh chinmaya mission is or... yeah no chinmaya mission is like a hindu school it's like sunday school and it just talked about mm -hmm. like the gita so it was like gita classes and it talked about like you know it's a, it's a book of book of psychology i feel like you know how to deal mm -hmm. with problems in your life and how you know um they were taught you know by reading the gita so we had gita classes and it was nothing to do with vedic astrology but then um mm -hmm. when i came to new york um about three or four blocks away from me was a meditation center called brahma kumari mm -hmm. and brahma kumari is pretty big in india but they would have meditation classes for free mm -hmm. and um there were a, a bunch of indian nuns that actually um you know were living in this kind of this kind of school in on Fifth Avenue. And it was mm. just fascinating because I would go there and sit there and it was the most relaxing place on Fifth Avenue just to get a breather in from all the noise. And I would Definitely sit need there. that in Manhattan for sure. Yeah. And I would <laughs> Much sit needed. there, yeah, like twice a week, I would just go and sit there just to get my head clear. And and then, you know, I met the, the nuns and, you know, they would talk to me and they started, I started joining their classes and it was the same thing. It talked about the Gita in a very mm -hmm. easy way to understand. So it talked yeah. about, you know, um, karma. It talked about very like different topics that we always want to know, but it was so easily accessible for me to learn it. Mm -hmm. So I would go there like twice, three times a week and sit there and talk to them. And it was amazing. So I got into that. And then in the background, when I had free time, you know, I would read books on astrology, you know, and just it all ties together. Like, you know, these when you're a pundit and, you know, I don't know if you your mom or your dad ever asked a pundit like, oh, what's going on? You know, there's a she, he's going through a bad time or she's going through a bad time. And then the pundit would give a mantra and you're like, what is this mantra about? Like, this is so random. Right. And, and so, right. you know, it, it call it all integrates. Like, I feel like it integrates you know, with Hinduism, with the philosophies, with the chanting, with the mantras, and it also integrates, you know, um, you know, just spiritually with our philosophies. So, you know, it's all sure. kind of the same package, you know, like, um, so that I, so I started reading books on my own for about six years and I started looking at my own family's charts, my close mm -hmm. friends' charts, people I knew, I totally experimented on them. And I totally said, oh, you know, I know about your past relationship. Let me go see if the timing was the time that shows up on your birth chart. And I would do these mm -hmm. practice sessions with like all my friends and, you know, all these, my cousins, my, my aunt and uncle, my brothers, my parents, because I knew their life. And so, sure. um, you know, it kind of was showing a lot of, you know, signs that there was events that took place at a certain time period or mm -hmm. my brother got married at a certain time period. My my mom got married at a certain time period. You know, you could see all that stuff when you have the birth chart at hand. So it was yep. quite fascinating. And then um, probably in uh, 2017, I started just 
putting myself out there. I was like, you know what? This is mm -hmm. kind of something everyone should know about. We right. should all learn a little bit about it and take control of our own lives. And so I started talking about it publicly in New York. And I had so many people just at our age group. I mean, people, mm -hmm. investment bankers, CEOs. I mean, everyone just would call me and say, hey, I need help. And yeah. I was really surprised because- How are you, uh, how are you getting your message out there? Because I know um, social media is obviously big, but were, was it more word of mouth or- just word of mouth, of social media. Networking. You know, New York is surprisingly a pretty small scene. I mean, with our age group, mm. professional yeah. scene. And, and people talk. And you know, when you have, when you have a lot of single people who don't get married, you know, don't get married till their forties or, you know, everything right. is about work. And, you know, they, they have a lot of, you know, stresses here and sometimes, you know, they're looking for an outlet. So, I mean, people would just come knock on my door and say, hey, I need help. You know, I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through a bad mm -hmm. work time. And I would sit and practice with them. And yeah, it was nerve wracking for me because I wasn't completely confident. But once I started getting more, more and more practice and, you know, um, you know, people would just open up and I would see these time periods that just, you know, activate like certain events in their life. I'm like, oh, this was not a good time yeah. period. What happened? And some, mm -hmm. you know, someone said they, you know, a death in the family or some sort of, you know, issue. And it was really tough for two years. But then the next period was yeah. great. They got promoted and they got married and everything good happened. So the that's stars, as it's, it's, it's that that's that age old uh, aphorism, the stars align, right? No, so I just wanted to talk about, you know, why Vedic astrology and, um, you know, astrology is kind of part of our daily life. I mean, you know, people kind of bring up astrology in, in terms of astrology all the time. So if you think about, you know, um, like, for example, Mer Mercury retrograde, I mean, Mercury retrograde, people say, oh, it's Mercury retrograde, our computers will fall down, you know, and like they'll break and we're going to have miscommunication and like, you know, the, the, the airline control towers are not going to work. So stuff like that, mm -hmm. there, there's always some sort of a feeling that, you know, we're controlled by different planets and even like sure. the moon you know the moon there's high tide there's low tide you know and if you think about like teen wolf from 1985 that movie like the full moon, yeah activated yeah. this uh, yeah to, to become a werewolf so i mean there's definitely some strong implications that you know during a full moon you know people act a little bit hot and heavy they're definitely you know hungry for like attention like there's a there's some indication that the world around us is is having some effects with the planets around us like saturn sure. venus mars jupiter mercury so even though we don't feel these planets they definitely make an impact on our lives so you know even in india um india they they say the ABCs are the only thing people care about. And A is for astrology, B is for Bollywood, and C is for cricket. Is that a common term? I've never heard that before, <laughs> ABCs. You know, I think I heard it a couple of times and I was pretty fascinated. Yeah. But, you know, because no, I've heard ABC, I think of like American Eric. born, confused Stacy, <laughs> but this ABCs <laughs> thing, it's, I like that. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, but if you think about it, I thought it'd be astrology, Bollywood, and Chai, but I guess cricket <laughs> no, exactly. And, you know, it, it could be that too. And I feel like, you know, India is obsessed with these three items. They're obsessed with astrology and Bollywood and cricket and Chai as well. So I feel like it's, it's really common in India to talk about astrology pretty openly, but in the mm -hmm. West, it's not as common because it just seems too complicated and too out there for us to even make sense of it. But I do want to, you know, make light of it that it's not as complicated as people think it is. And 
I wanted to become uh, and make astrology more mainstream so all of us can use it. We don't have to call a pundit who doesn't speak English and, and we can understand what they're saying and we can make a sense out of our own lives and take control over it. So I really think this could be very empowering in the long run and make and it give us the liberty to, to make our own decisions. So, yeah, um, yeah, so going on, you know, just a background of Vedic astrology, you know, um, you know, if you think about Vedic astrology, the, the Sanskrit term is Jyotisha. And Jyotisha, if you break it down, Jyoti means light and Ish or Ishwar means God. So it's the light from God. Mm -hmm. Like you can have visions, you can have visions of the future, visions of the past. And this is mm -hmm. all about um, visions. So a man by the, a sage by the name of Parashara had visions in the seventh century AD. And um, he wrote um, the manual that we use today for Vedic astrology. So it was an Indian sage and uh, he wrote the manual for what we use today to predict um, events in our life. So, you know, and also the, the Vedas does have a lot of um, texts on planets and the influence of planets. So I really mm -hmm. do think that, you know, unfortunately the Vedas are so complex and so not user-friendly that it's hard to right. know what our, our, our spirituality is. So that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I kept on digging and digging just to find what this is all about. And it's not that complicated. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Now, is there a relationship? You might get into this in a little bit, but um, as I mentioned before, I mean, I'm a big uh, fan of Deepak Chopra and a lot mm -hmm. of what he talks about is Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Yes. So yes. you might get into this in a little bit, but I'd love to hear if you, what the connection is between you oh, know, Vedic astrology sure. and Ayurveda. Oh, yeah. And Vedic astrology is is kind of like um, what's your composition? Like, you know, mm -hmm. and, and Ayurveda is too, but Ayurveda uses you know, your composition from a dosha standpoint. Dosha like, is right. Vata right. And just based mm -hmm. on your like um, pulse and based on your tongue and all sorts of different things. But Vedic astrology um, can actually, sh you can actually show your weaknesses. Like you can have a dosha mm -hmm. and you can say, oh, you're, you're really hot tempered or you're very, you're very cold all the time. So I can right. look at the chart and say, oh, well, they're very pitta. They need to pacify their pitta because Mars, the planet of anger and war is on top of their head. So I would say, mm. okay, use that Ayurvedic techniques of, you know, um, pacifying the pitta. So drink, eating yogurt sure. or, um, you know, something cooling. That's where your body and your mind and your planets, which is essentially the same thing. Like it's you, mm -hmm. you can pacify and help yourself out with these tools. So I would say Ayurvedic um, remedies are a part of Vedic astrology because they'll help you overcome some of your weaknesses by the foods you eat and by the mm -hmm. you know, breathing exercises that Deepak Chopra talks about, like pranayam and you sure. know all these things. Like pranayam actually helps Saturn. Like it, it, it helps you from clearing your head, right? Like you can you stop mm -hmm. your mind from suffering. So it really alleviates a lot mm -hmm. of stresses. So you know stress is Saturn, and we'll talk about that later. But you know this is. It, it's all very complimentary and I, that's why i love being indian because sure. it's all, all all there for us a lot of wisdom sort of in our in our in our dna i guess uh, it is um, yeah. um i did have another question like we talked because uh, you're talking about the signs and uh one of the other things is uh with Ch uh, deepak chopra he talks about primordial sound um meditation 
Now, is there something where like each of the signs is uh, like you have personalized mantras or is that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, based on um, like, let's say your chart. I mean, if mm -hmm. you have Mars and Gemini, you're going to be doing a different mantra mm -hmm. than if you have mm -hmm. Mars and like a different plant in a different sign. So because Mars is, a, is a, it's different energies and different signs and different zodiac signs. So the mantras that you speak out loud will, will pacify or activate a certain planet in your chart. And mm, there's, okay. a, there's a there's there's actually a mathematical system on how pundits pick up the mantra for you if they're a good pundit because they want to activate mm. a certain place of your chart so they would pick that number that's sitting in that chart and have a mantra that has the same syllable so let's say mars is in the fifth house it's five it's number five so you would pick a mantra that has five syllables so activate mm -hmm that area in your chart so it can help you alleviate some of those problems there's a science behind all this stuff and it's pretty fascinating sure. but you know we we don't understand it you know because people don't share the details of why are you doing right. that right you know, <laughs> like that's the frustrating <laughs> part yeah yeah so going on um you know the difference between western and vedic astrology is that you know vedic astrology i feel like is a king i don't know maybe i'm biased but it's like the king that is the king and all the other ones are queens and you know it's kind of like a subset of vedic astrology because vedic astrology you know um has two differences it, that western astrology does not western has a sun sign it predicts by the transits in the sky but vedic astrology actually has your own personal timing system it tells you when things will happen to only you and no one mm -hmm. else it will tell you mm -hmm. um what is good for you what's not good for you so it's really it's really personalized and it also gives you remedies like it gives you mm. the mantras and the gemstones for you to wear so it can like kind of balance out your life and your energies and western astrology doesn't have that so that's the difference but we're all it's all good like western is a subset so the same you know methods do apply in many cases so mm -hmm. so going on like you know um 2020 was a horrific year i mean and we saw a lot of chaos, a lot of ups and downs. People's lives are turned over. But, you know, sure. we want to know why that happened. Like, and Vedic astrology actually says there is a dangerous configuration in the sky that happens every 18 and a half years. So right. it's it's fascinating because people are like, oh, it could happen, you know, without this con conjunction. But it's really when Mars and K2, which K2 is the dragon's tail come together in the sky in Sagittarius mm. and it makes episodes happen. So the last time before the pandemic, 18 and a half years ago was 9-11. I mean, that changed the whole world. Security was changed. Right. Everything has, has changed the way we fly, the way we are, you know, having racial profiling, everything's changed. Then before that, 18 and a half years ago, AIDS virus. Um, it was the beginning of the AIDS virus pandemic uh, epidemic mm -hmm. and it was yep. really bad. I mean, there was no cure back then and people were dying. So a really big change globally. And before that was JFK's assassination. I mean, the whole world was looking at the U.S. and was shooken up. The U.S. totally was shaken up that time. It was before our time. Right. And before right. that was the bombing of Hiroshima. And if you go down this 18 and a half year um, period, you can hit the Spanish flu pandemic from 1920. So 
there is something that does take place every 18 and a half years. So it's quite fascinating. So right. you can kind of start planning and plotting, you know, just by these, you know, cycles in time to kind of see what's going to happen next. And this is just the past to show you what happened in the past. And maybe we don't know right. what's for 18 and a half years from now, but it's good to kind of mark that on your calendars. You know? So yeah. <laughs> set a yeah. reminder yeah. yeah exactly um so going down uh the next slide i wanted to just talk about is you know what is how, what is the indian bird chart like how do people look at this chart and say oh your marriage timing is coming up oh you're gonna have a big career oh you're gonna go to a great school all that stuff so this is the basics of um Vedic astrology there's it's a, it's a box, it's a square box. Mm -hmm. In the square box, there's 12 different boxes that are cut up in slices. And each box is called a house. And it's pretty much your zodiac sign. So there's 12 zodiac signs, so there's 12 houses. And mm -hmm. each house represents something. It represents an area of your life. So one box or one house represents one area. So we have 12 areas of concern. So the number one is our self. It's always our self. Number two is your is your family life, your early childhood, your maybe your family wealth. Number three mm -hmm. is sibling. Number four is your home and your mother. Number five is romance, children. Number six is usually enemies and health. Number seven is the marriage house. So when people get married, their seventh house is activated. Number mm -hmm. eight is the occult, is um, your spouse's wealth. You know, it's 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 quite segmented out. Number nine is your father. It's so when, when we hear the word occult, does that i mean obviously i hear the word cult is is there any um connotation because you hear the word cult and it sort of thinks about like indoctrination and uh, oh, a cult. Sort of, a, a cult. yeah is it yeah is this something completely different or is it uh like occult sciences like you know anything from um that's deep and mysterious like i would say okay. um you know, like, yeah, it could also show if people have a lot of planets there in their in mm -hmm. their chart, it could say that they're like in a lot of secret societies or something like that. Mm -hmm. you know? okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's fascinating. And the ni ninth house, there's one area just for your father, your higher education, your gurus. The 10th house is the house of career. Like if you have a great planet there, you can have a big career. So it's really right. easy to kind of see if you start thinking uh, in your life in 12s, like the 11th area of life is your sh social networks, your long-term gains. Like it's just, you know, these areas of life that are pretty prominent in everyone, but we don't think about it in that way. And the 12th house mm -hmm. is really foreign lands, it's spirituality, it's things that are far from you. It's even losses. So this mm -hmm. is how Vedic astrology and even Western astrology comes up with how can we define your life in 12 different segments and how can we make mm -hmm. sense of it so and this might just this might just be a coincidence but obviously 12 is also there's 12 months in the year so yeah. i don't know if is there any correlation there yeah. with the house within so, the months yeah so the 12 months is the 12 zodiac signs because there's you know every month the zodiac changes so essentially mm -hmm. each of these homes these houses have a zodiac sign attached to it so you know and and that's where it gets where all the permutations and combinations exist of, you know, your first house can be a different first house from uh, from me based on the time you're born. And it could right. be a different zodiac sign. So, but generally speaking, there's 12 zodiac signs. So 12 houses, 
and 12 months of the year. So we're all connected and, you know, we're a microcosm of the macrocosm. We're, we're all mm -hmm. part of the same, right? So that's a really good point. Um, so going on and now in Vedic astrology, we have nine planets and we do not use Pluto. So and nine planets, they all represent something. So they all represent mm -hmm. like Venus. Everyone knows it's, it's, it's for love. You know, it's pretty, you know, so when we talk about Venus and everyday right. life, I mean, it is true. It is a planet of love or a planet of wife. Um, the yeah. sun, the sun is like the ultimate source, right? Of, of, um, of, of our survival. So sun right. is kind of like, what's the highest power in, you know, a patriarchal family is your father. It's your career. It's like just your ego. It's yourself. There's a lot of mm -hmm. connotations to sun. The moon, right. you know, if you think about the moon, how there's high tides, low tides, the full moon, a lot of emotion is attached to the moon. So the, yeah. the mind, the moon is your mind. So when I see people that have gone through a lot of, you know, disturbances, you know, I'll be like, oh, this was a really hard time and a hard time for you because your moon mm -hmm. was going through so much pain that time. So I, yeah. and I then, think, I think you had mentioned in one of your, uh, your posts about, you know, um, I'm always fascinated by the mm -hmm. etymology of words. And mm -hmm. when I think of moon, I think of lunar. lunar. And I think you had, you had alluded to the fact that their concept of lunacy. Can you talk oh, about maybe how the moon plays into mental health? Um, yeah, oh, it's huge. The moon is it moon. When you have a full moon, you know, the mind is bright. It's very aware, you know, like that's when the werewolves like for Teen Wolf, like teen if wolf, I bring, up, yeah. bring that up, you know, that, yeah. that TV show and that movie, that's when people just got activated and there was a lot of like lust in the air and a lot of desire. So people, sure. you know, the moon is a bright, is a, it's bright and so mm -hmm. if you think about there's phases of the, of the moon and there's you know it depends when you're born if you're born in a full moon i would say wow this this person's a pretty bright person they have a lot of energy yeah. their way their their thinking is pretty um wide because it's a bright moon but if you're born like in a different phase it, it really changes the way your mind operates so now when it comes mm -hmm. to mental health the moon is a is a very very emotional planet like if you think about the high tides low tides women you know you know talk about you know women are very intuitive and you know it comes from you know just their emotions and stuff so right. the moon is a big part of being a mother so when i look at when mm. is a time to become a mother i look at their moon cycles and so um, when you see mental health, you usually see afflictions to the moon in the birth chart. So, for hmm. example, okay. you see like, um, you know, Mars is kind of a, 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 a soldier. It's, it's, it's usually a red planet in the sky. If you look at Mars ever in the sky, it's a little right. bit red. And red mm -hmm. is kind of a hot planet. It shows that anger. Right. So if you have Mars next to moon, the mind is going to get really agitated. So that's how mm. Vedic astrology kind of figures out how's the mental makeup of a person. So mm -hmm. if you, and so just going down the list, you can kind of see the permutations that can exist if the moon is near another planet. So it's it's quite mm -hmm. fascinating and it's it's a puzzle, yeah. right? So, mm -hmm. yep. so if you look at Mars, it's a planet of the war, it's anger, but we all need it. We all need that courage to do something in our life. Otherwise yeah. we're just gonna sit there and 
not have any movement, right? Stagnant. So, yeah. yeah. What about this? I, I you mentioned uh, Rahu and Ketu. So yeah. I I see these other planets. Obviously, these are ones that uh, we Westerners are, are pretty familiar with. Can yeah, you exactly. these Rahu and Ketu? I mean, are these physical planets, or how no. does that sort of map yeah. into this whole constellation and, or the solar yeah. system? I guess. <laughs> And Rahu and Ketu are the north and south node of the moons. But in, in okay. Western astrology, you know, moons have shadows. And it's 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 kind of it's kind of a very it has a little mythology behind it, but the moon has shadows. Mm -hmm. And what it is, mm -hmm. it represents a dragon. So Rahu is the head of the dragon, and Ketu is the tail of the dragon. So what happens mm -hmm. when you have Rahu, you don't have a tail. And when you have Ketu, you don't have a head. So let's say when you are running a K2 time period, that person is checked out. They don't want it. Mm. They're, they're headless. They're headless. Yeah. They want to live in a moke. They want to have moksha. They want to live in an ashram. They don't want to be part of society. So yeah. it's kind of fascinating when you have Rahu, really prominent Rahus. I mean, you have strong desires to have a huge career, expansive, mm -hmm. expansive career. So I'll show right. you an example. And, you know, it's quite fascinating how these planets make things happen in your chart. So, um, okay. so the next one is Donald Trump's chart. So, nice. so how did Donald Trump become the president of the United States? So now when I go back and I look at what is the house of career? He has the biggest career anyone could possibly have the president of the United States. That's the largest career. So right. that's the 10th house. So we count one as ascendant and you go to 10. So you want to see what is in his 10th house to activate mm -hmm. a very big career. And so when we look back, what do you want in your 10th house? You want to have power. You want to have the sun. And like you said, you want to have maybe another planet that can make it even bigger. So mm -hmm. what does Trump have? So Trump's ascendant, this is where his number one is. Do you see that AS ascendant? Uh, yeah, I do. I, near I think. MA, Mars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this looks like the periodic table of uh, elements. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when you count, you count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is his house of career. He has mm. sun okay. and he has Rahu. So sun makes him the leader. He has a lot of power and then Rahu expands it. So he's expanded his his career with the sun, which is already good in the 10th house of career. It gives him a good career. But then when Rahu expands it to the million times stronger. So in a way, he became the president probably because his 10th house was loaded with very strong planets that would make him rise to the top. Hmm. So it's an example I wanted to show that, you know, this stuff really works, you know, I mean, and look, he was born in a full moon. So, you know, he's a little bit of a firecracker. I mean, yeah. he has like that sun moon opposite when full moons happen. It's always sun and moon are opposite signs. And, you know, that shows up in his personality. So, and yeah. K2, KE is right next to the moon. So it makes him a headless. So not to talk about him, but you know, he's made some pretty crazy decisions or spoken in, in pretty harsh or say inter in interesting in quotes. That's my way of <laughs> yeah. shorthand for what, what he is. <laughs> right. So, but just looking at this chart, you can just see a lot of things that come up 
I mean, sure. this is not hard. Anyone can do this. And if you have your chart, you count to number 10, where your AS mm -hmm. is, find out how your career is going to be in your life. So no matter now, what, this is this, this thing you're showing me, uh, this thing you're showing us right now, is there some kind of software for astrology mm -hmm. or what, how did, how was this put together? Yes, yeah, so this is a free software. Um, it's called okay. Jhora, J and H O R A. You can okay. download it for free, type in your birth data. You need your time of birth, date of birth and place of birth. And it makes this chart for you. And what is this chart? It's exactly the point in time where the planets were the hour and minute that you're born. So it's just mm -hmm. a snapshot of the sky. This is how the sky looked like when Donald Trump was born. There was a bright moon in the sky and it was a full moon, you know, and this is how his, how the sky looked. And that's all we're analyzing, the, the moment of his birth. It shows up mm -hmm. a lot of karmas. Very so that's the essence of Vedic astrology of like, you know, you're predestined. And if you think about, mm -hmm. you know, Indians always believe in, oh, this is predestined. I have no, right. you know, a I lot of superstition, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have no free will. Now there is free will, but that's a separate topic. But, you know, there's a lot of predestiny in Vedic astrology. Mm -hmm. So we all mm -hmm. have to kind of understand that this is for a mindset. If you really want to get into it, you know, some things are just gonna happen and it's right. out of your control right so just, yeah so now going down now why did he become the president later on in his life and not earlier and this is where the timing system takes place so you know how we talked about before that there is a personalized timing system that's called dasha mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and this this is a timing system it of each planet. So everyone's ruled by a planet for a certain number of years. And mm -hmm. Vedic astrology figured out that the human body can last for 120 years on its own if we take care of ourselves. Then the nervous system mm -hmm. dies after 120 years. So even mm -hmm. the, the, the most, um, the oldest person that lived in the world is around 120 years. That's been documented. So if you go down this list, this is a sequential list of every planet that will kick mm -hmm. and activate for X number of years in your in your life, and that will activate a certain life um, event to happen. So, so, for, so does each human being go through this sequence yeah. then, or is it kind yes. of circular or linear, or how, yeah. how does the how does the timing how does play it work? out? So this is a linear; it's very linear. So, but I and mm. you and I are not going through the same time period because you were born in a different time, and I was born in a different time. So let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, you were born on April 1st and I was born on May 1st. Now the moon, it all depends when, where you activate yourself on this time scale, this timing scheme. So you could be running mm -hmm. the sun cycle when you're first born. And I could be running the Jupiter cycle when I'm first born. And then it'll go down to Jupiter, then Saturn, then Mercury, then to K2, Venus, mm -hmm. you know, then you'll be going through sun the first six years of life, then moon after that for 10 years so it's sequential but mm -hmm. everyone if you've lived for 120 years you will go through every one of these planetary time periods i see and this is where if you talk to someone who's 90 years old they're like oh for 20 years it was really hard i had such a hard time in my life i worked really really hard and I struggled and I didn't, I made no money. Then after that, 20 years later, I did really well. You know, I could probably say 
you were running a Saturn period for 19 years mm. and you busted your butt. And then after that, Mercury came and it gave you some free time and some happiness. So mm -hmm. you have stories like that. And it's quite yeah. fascinating, you know, like one thing I find very interesting about this, going back to what I was saying about the etymology of uh, certain mm -hmm. words. Um, I've definitely heard the connotation of Mars being sort of like the planet of combativeness yeah. uh, and I guess aggression or whatever Our you man, call yeah. it. Yeah. But what's interesting is uh, there's that term mercurial. I don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. of it, but like, you know, somebody who's um, like, I think of Steve Jobs, right? Mm -hmm. He was brilliant. He was very uh, mercurial. And yeah. with that, it was that he was he was also very combative. You know, he was very impulsive and he would yeah. sort of be given to fits totally of rage and criticism. But what's interesting, if you go back, can you can you go back to that um, yeah. explanation with mer Mercury? you're saying that it's related to speech learning intelligence. So that's, that's kind of an interesting um, it is. So juxtaposition. Sure. It's almost like Mercury, almost the way we think about it is we think more about, um, you know, that, that impetu impetuous, impulsive nature. It um, is, it's like a child. So yeah. And I also yeah. think of sushi, cause I know <laughs> Una has a lot of Mercury, but yeah, if you could talk <laughs> a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, I mean, so when you see someone who's a leader, they usually mm -hmm. have good Mercuries. They have to mm, speak okay. in front of an audience. They have to, you know, right. motivate. They articulate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually when you see the house of career, like that 10th house, if you mm -hmm. see Mercury in the 10th house, that person's going to be, you know, a leader because they'll be able to mm. speak in front of the audience. They'll have, you know, very strong wits. I mean, Mercury is all about quick, you know, Mercury retrogrades sure. quick. And, um, you know, so it's about speaking, talking, working with people. And um, it's like a child, like, you know, child's children are always kind of spastic, you know, at times and they have so much energy and they're just, you know, always right. doing something. So it's kind of very fast moving. So sure. I'm assuming if we looked at his chart, you would see that his Mercury was really strong and maybe he had Mars looking at it so he would probably be more competitive competitive you know right, so, right. which this is where the combinations really matter with someone like he could he yeah. could probably have mars and mercury together in the 10th house and then you're like an angry communicator you know so you know <laughs> right. like stuff like that so it's it's not hard i mean it's the basic concepts and then you dive in and you're saying okay how does this work in my chart and so it's right. it's not hard at all and i and i want people to know the basics so they can go look at their charts and say sure. yeah. you know what's happening with me so for example have you found have you found that with because you mentioned like 2017 was when things started picking up a little bit and it mm -hmm. got a lot more adoption um did you find that with because i think your podcast with uh, anisha was in was it 2020 or it was um, um just like uh two months ago yeah two three months oh ago. it was two months yeah. ago okay because yeah. i'm just curious like with the pandemic happening nobody could have ever predicted this right like i, I know. mean um so i'm just curious like did you see were people just sort of uh you know pounding down your door like hey you got oh, can you, you help know, me make sense of this or you know when you when people struggle that's when you yeah. become closer to spirituality and god and i really For sure feel like people who go through a lot in life, you know, the only thing they can really hold on to is some sort of belief in God. And that's right. why I think spirituality became big. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, when the material world is falling apart, when people are, you know, suffering, 
you know, you want answers. And it, it's mm -hmm. it's quite fascinating. You know, I, I do think that Vedic astrology and Indian philosophies will become a really prominent part of um, society in, in about 20 years. I really feel yeah. like we will become a leader in this area. It's just a matter of time, you know, and, and I think that we're going to end up doing that because we'll see a lot of suffering. And mm -hmm. when people suffer, mm -hmm. you always go back to your sure. source. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, COVID was... I mean, something we've kind never of a watershed seen. moment. Yeah. 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 So now going to, uh, so now like when we talk about this timing system, you know, you can apply what Jupiter is. So for example, Jupiter is 16 years long. So Jupiter, if you go back to the previous slide, Jupiter mm -hmm. is like prosperity, it's children, it's wisdom, mm -hmm. it's fame, it's spirituality, it's all the good things that life would provide a person. So everyone has a Jupiter and everyone mm -hmm. will get some prosperity in their life. And you know, you can time when a woman will have children if they're in a Jupiter cycle. And right. Jupiter cycles are how long? It's for 16 years. So usually you might see women for like 16 years, like pop out all these kids and just be focused on their children and their family life. And that's it. And then after that, another cycle starts. So maybe they mm -hmm. want to work after that and become like something else. They want to focus away from their children because their children are grown up now. So yeah. you've seen a lot of those people, like they get married in their twenties, pop out a couple children, work really hard to raise your kids the right way. Then now the kids are independent. You can move on to something else. So a lot of women, yeah tend to have the Jupiter cycle mm -hmm. in their mid in their 20s and 30s. And that's when you'll see them get married and have children. So now, for example, the next um, example is Brad Pitt. So Brad mm -hmm. Pitt, if you look at his Jupiter cycle happened 2003 to 2019. So mm -hmm. what happened to him? I mean, he had six children during that time. I mean, right. so it's the fifth house. So his ascendant is here one two three four five what is five what's the number fifth house mean fifth house if you go back fifth house means children number five romance children mm -hmm. acting fame and then jupiter is prosperity children husband fame spirituality and what happened to brad pitt he started his time period in jupiter in 2003 and ended in 2019 he met angelina in 2004 adopted two children had one child of his own in 2006 adopted another kid from vietnam in 2007 had another set of twins in 2008 married angelina in 2014 and then he was listed the most influential people in the world and he had multiple awards nominations he had many blockbuster movies and so this was all during this time period of Jupiter. So mm -hmm. it's fascinating. And yeah, you know, it is interesting. Nothing lasts forever because now he's you know in a different time period in his life. But yeah. this is how Vedic astrology really works, and you can really see he was really into children and fame during this Jupiter mm -hmm. time period. So mm -hmm. um, so it's it's fascinating, you know. And based yeah. on his karma, you can see you know he was just all about children. Fifth house Jupiter. Well. That's it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's amazing. That's, you know, and, and um, there's so many different implications to this, but I'm always thinking about like with disease, right? Yeah. Because um, there's members of my family who, you know, were going at a great clip and, you know, their career was going great. They're yeah. 
family and everything. And then one day they would get a diagnosis of like Parkinson's disease yeah. or uh, mm -hmm. cancer or have a heart disease. Mm -hmm. And is that like how, obviously there's different nuances to that, but how does that play out like with specific with charts? Um, yeah. Plant? Yeah. I was just curious um, about that. It's usually a Saturn um, or Rahu thing. So Saturn, mm -hmm. if you go back, Saturn yeah. is a planet of obstacles, hard work, grief, anxiety, it's suffering. Rahu mm -hmm. is when it's like kind of like it's so confusing. Rahu's illusions. Like you don't know it's like sure. when it's hard to diagnose something, there's usually an influence with Rahu or K2 because it's very confusing. And Saturn mm -hmm. usually causes diseases. Mars can cause disease diseases too, but Saturn usually is the place where people start aging that the planet saturn makes you age makes you go through mm -hmm. a lot of hard work and obstacles and health issues mm -hmm. and where mm -hmm. is where is health health is in the sixth house so if there's planets here mm -hmm. and if someone has a, a, di a diagnosis randomly in their life like you know 20 yeah. years later they are probably going through a period where some planet is being activated in their sixth house and all of a sudden they're like oh crap i have diabetes or something like that wow so it okay. would show up in this timing scheme yeah you know if there's a sixth house planet so if you don't have a sixth house planet most probably you're going to be healthy but you know if you do have a sixth house planet i would say you know you know that's there try to find out when you're running that sixth house planet and then take precautions. This is where mm. you really can help yourself. And, yeah. you know, you know yourself the best. And I really feel like this is where you can take control of your own life. And when um, you do readings for people, I was just curious, like, is that something um, like, do people come to you after, like, let's say if I came to you and I'd say, oh, you know, my uncle just got a, yeah. you know, diagnosis of uh, pancreatic cancer or something. Mm -hmm. Have you found that a lot of people have come to you to try to unpack that with the astrology signs? And then yeah. and have you found that they've gotten a lot of like relief from that or what's, you what's know, been their experience? It's, it's kind of, you know, it shows up in that uncle's chart that, you know, something yeah. dangerous is going to happen because maybe a sixth house planet was there. It activated in his time periods. And then basically mm -hmm. when you ask, was this the time period he got ill? They said yes. And then he, he had treatment. And then if he lives or not, that's something you can also see. But I, I don't like sharing that information of, you know, because sure. that's not really up to us when people are born mm -hmm. and dead, but it's just kind of, um, you know, people come in most of the time to seek help and answers because when, when you're struggling and it's out of your control, I mean, we all right. need help and we need a, we need help. And I think this, sure. this is always going to be the case in life. But if you have some knowledge in your own charts, you know, you really, can use the Ayurvedic methods, the, the mantras to really pacify mm -hmm. some of those planets to give you harsh yeah. effects. So this is and where I activate, activate others that you want to get good effects. From. Oh, perfect. And Nikhil, that's yeah. like perfect. My teacher always said, never activate a negative planet, always mm -hmm. activate a positive planet. So positive planets mm -hmm. are Jupiter and Venus and moon. So those are really nice planets. But if you think about it, half the planets are negative. So people right. suffer, people go through life and the stuff they grow through, it's 
mind boggling. People don't share a lot, but you know, everyone yeah. has a chart with Saturn, Rahu, Ketu, everyone has these planets. When you'll mm. suffer, it's kind of up to, you know, your chart. So this right. is why I really feel like Ayurvedic, you know, when people say, you know, oh, I'm going to like help cure myself with Ayurveda. I mean, yeah, that's, I can understand why people in India do that. But at the same time, modern medicine does treat a lot of illnesses on the spot. Yeah, but, of course. <laughs> you know, I think Ayurveda is good for preventative medicine and good for, you know, um, just maintaining your health. But when it's right. you know, acutely there and it's acutely like you acutely have cancer, that's when you need modern medicine, I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But this is kind of like just a timing screen I wanted to talk about. And like just the this is the basic 101 of Vedic astrology. Now, it's not hard. People can all understand these concepts it's just a matter of applying it to our own charts that's where things um get really interesting so um another part of vedic astrology is remedies that's a very different mm -hmm. thing and this is where you know indians get superstitious and indians kind of say oh you know do this mantra and you know it it bothered me a lot when you know a pundit would say oh do this mantra and you know you'll, you'll get married on time well you know, it made no sense. And right. I really wanted to get answers. And, you know, this is kind of a remedy sheet. Like it talks about Venus, like everyone wants money in relationships. They want good relationships. And everyone goes through really hard times and really good times. And, and when you're going through a hard time, like when you feel like there's a loss of love in your life, or there's some sort of, um, you know, issue with a spouse, you can do these remedies. Like these are mm -hmm. basic remedies. So Venus is, is beauty. Venus mm -hmm. is um, love, it's relationships. So when you want to enhance Venus, you want to make it stronger within yourself. You do things like dancing, you do things like artwork. I mean, it's, you can wear beautiful clothing, like you can match make, like give back that Venus to someone else and you'll get a hundred times more. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can wear diamonds. I know it sounds so crazy, yeah. but these are the things that Venus loves. And kind of like pay, pay it forward. Pay it forward exactly. And, uh, you know, Shukravar, like if you think about the, the days of the week in Hindi, Shukravar is Friday, but Shukra yeah. means Venus. So Friday is... Does that tie into like when you say Shukriya, then, then that's Hindi for, um, for thank you. Is, that, thank is there you. any relation there? I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I wonder. I, I don't know that for sure, but Friday is a day of Venus. So Friday is a day of love. Mm. So when you want to have a good date, go on a Friday. Don't go on a Saturday because Saturday is Shani bar. Shani is what? Mm. Saturn. And Saturn's oh, a day of work. It's, a, I mean, even though Saturday is not considered a day of work in, in our right. day and age, but Saturday is, is just not the day of love. So mm -hmm. if you want to pop the question, if you want to, you know, get down on one knee, do it on a Friday, you know, so. But this is pretty much the, the basics of uh, Vedic astrology. And, you know, it, it's it, it's part of our life, you know, and, you know, if we all can get a piece of it, you know, it'll be really, I think, beneficial to everyone. Wow, this is uh, this is extremely, uh, extremely interesting. Uh, it's like I said, it's a little bit. Uh, different uh, a little bit out of the I guess, comfort, not, not really comfort zone i guess it's comfort zone adjacent because i'm very into uh, eastern mm -hmm. spirituality and philosophy and 
sort of going back to my roots and embracing a lot of things that um, I sort of rolled my eyes about as a kid. And I think I, I told you that I've been, you know, reading the Gita a little bit more That's awesome. and doing a lot of these uh, primordial sound meditations. So, um, yeah, for me, I think just because uh, I have been through a lot in the last, I'd say five years, six years, you know, I've been on a, on a very intense healing journey uh, through a lot of different uh, techniques and I, Talk, you and I talked about how um, my wife Shelly and I uh, wrote a book about it and working on a movie. And, you know, when I find these different tools that don't get the same coverage that a lot of the, you know, um, a, lot, a lot of the traditional things like when you talk about medication or therapy, um, it really sparks a lot of interest. And it's something that I, I really, um, I really hope that you know, through people like yourself uh, and through conversations like this, more people, it becomes more mainstream yeah. and it'll help people, uh, I guess, sleep better at night. Just sort of knowing that there's uh, there's some rhyme or reason and yeah. some method behind the madness, as they say, um, well, yeah. you know, that, that'll sort of help help connect the dots or um, connect oh, the uh, constellations of the Big Dipper or whatever, oh, <laughs> whatever yeah, astrology exactly. uh, you want to use. Right. Yeah, so. and you're you're doing a lot of great things for yourself. I mean, just the fact that you're doing the meditation, that's all mm -hmm. the mind. That's all the moon. So you're really yeah. helping yourself out. I mean, these are these what you're doing, you're kind of finding your own remedies, but this is the way right. Indians would do it 100 200 years ago, and I think you figured it out on your own. So that's that's amazing. And you know, I applaud you all for you and your wife to really bring this topic forward and to really um, yeah. make it normalized, you know, and we should talk about these things because we all need to heal and we all need yeah. society and a community in our life. So I, I'm yeah, impressed. Yeah, so, yeah. Likewise, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. back at you. Um, so tell us, Julie, like if people uh, are interested in, in finding out more about, um, you know, about your, uh, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I can actually uh, pop it up on the screen. Oh here. yeah, um, just you know, look me up on Instagram or Facebook. I mean, it... I have um, a business page. You know, this is all for fun, and it's, a, it's extreme sure. interest and hobby. And I'm happy to help people if they really um, have a deep interest in in Vedic astrology. Um, I don't really do a lot of readings, but you know, if I if I do feel um, you know something, I will help for sure if it, you know okay. so yeah i'm gonna just put this is that is that the best uh way to get oh, yeah. you? great yes perfect Vedic studio and uh, uh Julie yeah. great um okay well was there anything else you wanted to add julie um yeah no thank you so much i mean i think you know i hope we're like those agents that change that can really mm -hmm. um make this you know one step further into the mainstream population so i'm really thankful that you invited me on to speak and you know happy to see your journey uh, unfold so i would love to see that yeah, yeah. appreciate that